Hey, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Welcome back to Bell the Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am Professor Jeremy Vilmer, your host. And now, Bobby Blaze, why don't you get in here and tell them what's causing all this? Oh, man, you know what's causing us. I don't even know. But I know this. I'm glad to be back with you. And we're on to this WTF moments, man. And it's not the Mark Marin podcast. You tuned into the right one. It's the Bell to Bell with the Professor over there, man. And I have to say with this great list of uh, what the fuck moments is this, the professor has come up with a really bunch of good ideas and um, just some uh, another great top ten brought to you by the professor and yours truly, Blazing Bobby Blaze, the anti-mime. The anti-mime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I forgot yeah. to tell you, somebody put up on Facebook, our Facebook group the other day, which you can find a group and a page. Just go to Facebook, search Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze, you'll find them both. One of the listeners put up there, he goes, God, Bobby sure loves mimes. And I said, <laughs> I have to spend an hour a week just editing out his mime shit from the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> okay, we'll try not to go there, man. Uh, <laughs> well, anyhow, let's get this back on track. This is yeah. episode 32. We are doing the most WTF or what the fuck moments in pro wrestling. Uh, but before we get started, Bobby, let's uh, let's throw a couple things out there. Uh, yep. Fans, if you want to interact with us, Bobby, why don't you tell them where they can find us on Twitter and how to hashtag their comments. Yes, just hashtag your comments, BBBB, but you can do it at the, uh, on Twitter at bell to bell Blaze. That's the joint account that Jeremy and I have, and he has done a wonderful job with that. You can find Jeremy at the Geekish Cast on Twitter, and you can find me on Twitter at BobbyBlaze744. Just use the hashtag BBBB, and um, you can leave your comments on any of those three. But again, the joint account is Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter. So there you go. That said, I'm just going to throw out a real, real quick plug here. Don't forget, fans, we've got a GoFundMe, and that's at GoFundMe.com, Bell to Bell podcast hosting fees and we're only $55 away from our goal of $350 and that's just going to cover our hosting fees for about um, we had just set it up to try to do something for 18 months and try to make this podcast happen and so far man it's been happening we've also had some help from our fans that donated to that and also our main man down there in the uh, graphics department Cactus Tex Johnson thank you yeah, Tex is, uh, he's running into a hell of a lot of people down in that boiler room yes. these days. Yes, he is. Yeah. Kind of wanted to throw out there that you know, get him out there, get him over a little bit. He don't like it, he says. Uh, he's been doing some pretty good stuff well, for us, and we appreciate that. Well, here's the thing. That. I noticed that as he gets more popular and more people know he, who he is, the more boogie-woogie man tries to steal his wife, and I don't <laughs> think that's what people want in life, you know? Yeah. you got to be pushing Jimmy Valiant out of your business all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. I noticed that, too. <laughs> well, at least his wife's got a good, good attitude about things, you know? That's Ex- the thing. That exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, everybody, check out our GoFundMe. We are almost there. So basically, yeah, we've got another year of this show paid for, essentially. We appreciate any any donations. $5 is the minimum I think they'll let you do, or $10, uh, or 15 But I'll say this, and I've said it before, if you're new to the show and you're listening now, if you donate $20 or more, I will send you, if you want a T-shirt and I have your size, I'll send you a T-shirt, or I'll be more than glad to send you out a book. Uh, either pin me, pay me, or I'll send out, um, I kicked out on two, I'll send you out an autographed copy. In, inside the United States uh, if you do decide to donate to the uh, GoFundMe. So I'll throw that in if your donation is above $20. And, uh, we, and again, I'm not going to sit here and beg for it, but if you got 5 or 10 15 want to help us, that's fine. If you want a picture or something, let me know. But if you do if you do 20 I'll make sure you get something in return, T-shirt, book, or hell, maybe both. Who knows? But we're only $55 away. Yeah, we're, we are right there. Also, I think we are about to launch our first uh, T-shirt or two here probably in the next week or so. So uh, We sure hope so. Yeah. We've been working on it. 
Yeah, Tex has got some great designs. There's a couple things I want yes. to talk to him about, and I want to buy a couple of them before we say they're official. Yeah, I think we are right on the edge of doing that, so hopefully pretty soon we'll have a little info for you there. And then, Bobby, I believe you've got a uh, another Best Of DVD coming up here pretty soon. Yes, yes, and I have it. I'm just getting it converted from VHS. Uh, from one of our listeners and uh, former broadcast partners from down there, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Then I've got a young man working on them, and he's putting it together, and uh, I'm sure it'll be available soon. I just haven't had time. What what I've heard is he's told me how good it is, and I, I'm real critical and harsh on my, my own stuff, but I had not seen me versus the one two three kid and that match is going to be on there, and he said it is a really, really good match, but I'll let you all be the judge when it does come out. So, yeah, we've got that coming out real soon, hopefully. Do you have any shout-outs? I do not have shout-outs this week. I am trying to hold them back for special occasions these days, so why don't you go ahead and give us yours. Okay, well, I just want to give a shout-out to one of our listeners. been on board since early on. I met him in person today, a gentleman named Larry, and I met him through my brother Jim. We met for lunch the other day, and it was real nice to meet one of our listeners. I kind of ribbed him around, and he said, I'm, a, I'm, I'm behind a couple podcasts, but I really do love your podcast. And I said, yeah, if Jeremy would quit dropping the F-bomb so much. And he, he I obviously popped because I'm, I'm known for that. But that was <laughs> nice to meet one of our listeners. He, he lives approximately probably 20, 25 miles from here. He came into town for the MLK walk, and it just uh, really worked out that uh, I didn't participate so I'm not trying to take any credit or anything, but my brother, he did, and uh, we went for lunch, and, and it was nice to do that. Also, I want to give a quick shout-out to the uh, Robin Slim podcast. I was recently on air last uh, Wednesday live, and they start the playbacks on Saturday. So if you're on um, if you're on Twitter, I address at the Robin Slim uh, podcast, the Robin Slim show, rather, and they're always fun to be on. And then I have one quick mail rant for the good, believe it or not. I want to send out a, uh, this person know who they are. They wrote in last week and it was, uh, a gentleman that wrote me a real, real kind letter. We spoke on the phone a couple of times and it's just, uh, really good. It was really cool to hear from someone that this guy was a fan of professional wrestling. He became a fan of mine. We, he heard that he may be kin to me, which he, he is. We're, distantly related which was cool to catch up on some history but he's also a very kind gentleman he, he's a little bit older and he's just a huge wrestling fan and just just you can tell when you talk to someone what a positive person they are in their community and uh, it was really nice to get a, a fan mail letter uh, not that I don't appreciate all of them because I'm not going to go on some rant I'm going to stay positive with that it was really nice talking to him he said you one of the last things the letter said was don't feel obligated to call me or contact me but here's my email and here's my phone number and I took the time to call him and I said yeah, I told him who I was and he's oh what a great pleasure to hear from you and I said I just want you to know before this conversation starts I do not feel obligated to call you I wanted to call you and we have had a couple conversations and that's worked out really great so that's some good fan mail so there's your good fan mail no rant but uh, that's my shout outs Larry and Jim for lunch Robin Slim for having me back on the podcast I'll let this person remain anonymous for right now but um, it's nice to be in contact with a fan that um, seeks nothing in return other than just having a uh, nice conversation about professional wrestling and with some sincerity. So uh, there you go. Yeah, why don't we talk about the most WTF moments in pro wrestling history? Bobby, do you want to start us with number 10? I sure will, man. Number 10, Eddie Gilbert running down Jerry to King Lawler uh, in the USWA back in the day. Um, they said they said ran him down, and if you watch the uh, video, it kind of left you, what the fuck just happened, you know, but it was one of those things. Uh, I think Eddie Gilbert had just finished up with uh, another company and was coming back into Memphis and immediately started feuding with Lawler, of course. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you can watch the uh, the whole angle but play out, but basically um, – you know, you're watching on a Saturday morning, and there it is. It's live. It's Memphis TV. It's live, man. And they're arguing in a parking lot, and Gilbert takes off and jumps into a car. And uh, I think Doug Gilbert, his brother, uh, who I, I've been on lots and lots of shows with Doug, and he's a really cool dude, too. But uh, I guess when he jumped in, Gilbert hit the speed too much, and Lawler basically took a pretty sick bump 
off the hood. You know, he didn't go like through the windshield and all that, but he rolled down the car, man, you know. And I've heard two different versions. I've heard it on another podcast. Someone said that they thought that that was there that day that said they thought that a passerby called the uh, police. And then I've heard it that a viewer at home was like so concerned that they called the police, you know. And um, I think the uh, two story, anyway, the police did show up. But as he was pulling off, I guess Eddie said, you know, he he he's looking at Doug and and he's like, what the fuck himself, you know, and yeah. Doug said something <laughs> like, uh, he either said, I think you killed him or he's dead, you know. And so I'm not sure what Doug said, but I I can hear Doug saying that to to Eddie because I think he hit the accelerator too too much for Lawler to take the bump. He had kind of maybe thought he could take off of it, but it turns into a pretty hellacious bump, and you can see him speeding through there, man. And um, it's one of those things where the fans are sitting there, whether you believe the person at the gas station across the street or the passerby or the viewer at home, because it was live, man, calling a police. And I guess Lawler had to uh, play down the injury a little bit, so he, so he'd have to press charges and they'd have to file. I don't know what exactly took place after that, but you're watching it. You're like, what the fuck did I just see? Jerry Lawler getting ran over in a parking lot, man. That's a, that's a pretty severe one because, you know, you can't fake gravity or velocity. <laughs> There's, there's no yeah. way to prep for that. Eddie Gilbert would have what just left the GWF and gone back to USWA, maybe. Yes. That's, yeah. That I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, it was GWF. Yes. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know. I, I question the judgment behind that one. <laughs> Not the move. I mean the car accident. Come on. I was surprised. I remember seeing it. That's the thing. I do remember seeing that. And then, I, of course, I rewatched it for our podcast. But I was thinking, and I remembered it pretty much like it happened as far as the bump itself. But I'm like, I don't know that I'd go out there. That's dedication, man. Seriously. Yeah. But you're out there because you don't know. You're just playing. And, and nowadays, I know you got all these, you know, destination fucked out there on YouTube videos and stuff. But this wasn't set to say, oh, yeah, we're going to put this up on uh, some social media outlet or YouTube or anything. We're doing this for our live show. Eddie, you know, just run over me or whatever he said. And there he is. And man, it just happens. You're like, what the fuck? You yeah, know? that was that was pretty severe. <laughs> yeah, so, and I think I think I've always heard it that people at home were calling the cops. But I mean, okay. I guess I guess it could go either way. It doesn't really matter, I guess. But I would be more prone to think that that someone yeah. at home, you know, watching the TV live, going, "Man, you need to get down to that studio audio, uh, uh, studio parking lot because Eddie Gilbert just ran over Jerry the King Lawler." You know, yeah, well, uh, and, and and with their market. It's so huge, and it's live. There's probably more than one car call flooding in, you know. Oh, I'm sure. And you know what? People back then didn't run around with cell phones. Right, yeah. So, so. yeah, you would have had a line at a pay phone of people just calling <laughs> the police, you know. Oh, it probably probably didn't happen that way. Well, I guess that's probably a good time to bring up. Um, if you go and Google this, you will find video on YouTube yeah. of Eddie Gilbert and Doug Gilbert running down the king. Yeah. Um, but while you're out there, you might as well go to tinyurl.com slash video and check out the awesome video versions of our show that uh, old Cactus Texas is doing and putting up there for us. Yes, he's doing a wonderful job, and that channel is growing, and we're very happy with that. So I'm glad you gave it a plug right there. We needed that. Yeah. With that said, let's move on to number nine. How about bringing that one up, Jeremy? Well, number nine is uh, is the very popular, almost legendary Montreal screw job, and it's also how I pissed off the entire nation of Canada one time. <laughs> I got a feeling you might do that again. Hey, I don't know. It could happen. Uh, the thing is with the Montreal screw job, I think we all think we know what happened, but there's no way for us all to say we absolutely know what happened because I've heard three different versions of how real worked in different whatever this whole thing was now. Brett was getting ready to jump to WCW. He had a title match worked out where he was going to keep the title so he wouldn't lose in Canada to Shawn Michaels. And then you had the ref make a call at the end of the match, effectively screwing Brett out of the title. And then all hell broke loose, and it ends with Brett Hart punching Vince McMahon. And I still to this day, there's some back and forth over how much this was worked and how much this was real and how much who didn't know what and who did know. Uh, Bobby, why don't you give us your impressions of it real quick? I, I, I really feel indifferent about it that it was uh, it because I've heard the ver- the different versions as well, 
And I, I'm one of these people that tend to think everything's a fucking work, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I guess my one thing I have to say is I, I if you're, you're going to drop the title and go to another company and make more money, I know Vince is trying to protect his, you know, his title was his. Um, but it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, this – I don't think it's below Jerry Lawler just went out and got hit by a car for his business. Right. I'm not to say that Vince is not telling Brent, look, if you want to fucking smack the piss out of me after this, go ahead, but I'm going to do this. And Brent knows it coming, but who the fuck don't want to lose the title in their home country? It's not the fucking Olympics or something like that. It's a fucking work title. So it's one of those things where like, okay, just drop the fucking thing already. But you know, okay. So you get the Montreal screw drop. So I'm just thinking it's a work and, and even Brent going through, through like just to, to save face to leave the company walks in into the office they had set up there at the arena or whatever and punches Vince or spits him or whatever ah fuck you got another guy in another territory that took a bump off a car what's what's getting spit on or slapped in the face you know to save face and everyone comes out of it like and here it is uh well 22 years well, that's 97 that's like 22 years later yeah. we're still talking about the monster off screw job screw job as a what the fuck moment but i'm sure when you was watching it at that time i think it was a pay-per-view if you were watching it you know you're probably sitting there going scratching your head like what the fuck just happened Absolutely. you know what what, what happened uh, do was it worked? Was it a shoot? I'm indifferent on it, man. I think everything's worked, but I think they they added a lot to it to to keep the interest of it because we're still talking about this many years later. <laughs> well, so, so yeah, I come in from a couple weird places. Every time Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Nick Bockwinkle, except for once with Bockwinkle that I can think of, every time they lost the title, they were in America. Uh, <laughs> they didn't have a everywhere but America clause, right. you know. <laughs> I, it doesn't make sense to me for, you know, one guy to have a special carve out that I will never lose in Canada. Now, what does make, what does make sense to me is I can see Bret Hart going, I won't lose to fucking Shawn Michaels in Canada. That actually makes sense to me. Okay. Because they hit a point in their careers where they were not on good terms. Right. If we can believe all that. So, Bobby, there's this weird thing. When I was a wrestling fan, I believed pretty much everything that was put out in front of me. You know, even past the point of kayfabe, like, I believed that, like, when there was legit heat, I believed it was legit heat. And I'm not saying I have anything to do with the industry now, but as I meet more people who have had more to do with the industry, the more I look at everything and go, we were getting worked <laughs> the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that as I see a little bit further behind the curtain, I am much more suspicious of fucking everybody. Like sometimes I get our top 10 list back from you and I'm thinking he's bullshitting me somewhere in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, just keep that in the back of your head. <laughs> it was a big deal when it happened. I remember watching it and it comes away and you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe they did that to him. And, the emotions you saw that night coming out of the ring and in that movie they did about Bret Hart, yeah. it looked fucking real. So I, I don't know, but I, I, what was yeah. real, what was what was uh, worked. But I'll tell you what, you felt it when it yeah. happened. And like you said, 22 years later, we're still <laughs> rolling this one around. Yeah. Well, I was in WCW when it happened, and you know, you'd think you'd have found, found out something more or knew something more. And I, I think that movie was uh, Dancing with Shadows or Wrestling with Shadows or whatever. And uh, it's one of those things where you're like, fuck, I'm, I didn't know anything that anyone else didn't know. They come in like it was just, you know, it, it is what it was. So, but like you said, the interest is still there, you know. So I do want to remind people you can help out the show by going to tinyurl.com slash BB try prime you get a 30-day free trial to try amazon prime you get free shipping a lot of great free videos the memphis wrestling is still up there from what i know on uh, amazon prime so you can watch old episodes of memphis right there for free definitely worth your time if you do not have prime check it out tinyurl.com slash bb try prime yeah, I'm real happy with my Prime. I stream a lot of shows. There's a few on there that I do watch. But I tell you, uh, being an avid reader that I am, I, there was a time I might buy a 99-cent book or a two ninety nine book and then pay three ninety nine to have it shipped. I've got like 6 or $7 into the you know used book mm-hmm. that I found online. But with the Prime, you get that free shipping with so many products. I've gotten Christmas gifts for other people. Uh, 
you know, you get that free shipping. You're like, man, that just saves me from going down to like say a Walmart or whatever. So, uh, but with a book, if I find something that's, uh, you know, a few years old, maybe outdated or haven't read lately, I want this, that's 99 cent. It's shipped to me free now, as opposed to paying an additional three ninety nine. I've got $5 into a book that's used, you know, of course you can buy new books. And if you buy your new book and it's nine or $10 or 20 or whatever, and it's shipped to you free, you still save yourself some money, especially throughout the course of the month or the course of the year when you use that prime. And again, that's tinyurl.com slash BB try prime and help the program out just a little bit here and there because everything counts, man. And talking about counting, Jeremy, let's go to zero and 180s. Let's do a turn here to number eight. Do you want to announce that? Why I announced the zero <laughs> to 180? <laughs> yeah, I do. Mulkey okay. mania is running wild in Crockett territories, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, yep. God. Um, where do you even start? The Mulkies, for those who don't remember, Bobby, were a awesome tag team of... God. Bill, Bill and Randy Mulkey. Bill and Randy Mulkey, who had such a long losing streak that they actually announced how bad their losing streak was every week on the show. Until one day they beat the Gladiators and ended up in the Crockett Cup. Right, yep. Now, and you, hold say, on, I, I have to ask you this, because one of these guys is a friend of yours, George yeah. South. Was, I was going to say, i got to give props to George South, man. <laughs> now, we were just talking about how, look, we know this is all the work, but... <laughs> How does your ego handle being the only guy to like be on a team that lost to the multi? He's a wrestler's wrestler. Hey, he's on the gladiators. He's going out there. He's going to do his job the best that he can. George, George is a friend of mine. I love George to death. Well, he's got a book, you know, Dad, you ain't worked a day of your life or something, whatever it's called, because he's wrestled his entire life. So, uh, he, I think he understood when they come to say, uh, you know, we've got these guys are 180 or a zero and 180. And I think George probably is like, uh, you know, hey, I'm just lacing up my boots. Another day at the office for me, man, you know, but they, they got to the, the, uh, second annual Jim Crockett uh, Memorial Tag Team Tournament and the heavily, heavy, heavy, heavy favored Gladiators against the Monkeys. When it was all said and done, the damn Monkeys actually won a match that qualified them to be in that tag team tournament. But what happened to Malkamania after that? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You can find the Monkeys on Facebook and their their graphics are still Monkey Mania, of course. Oh. That's good, man. Yeah, it is. So, That's George, good. let's see, who was George South? It was George South and Gary Royal were the gladiators. Yes. And, of course, immediately upon entering the Crockett Cup tournament, <laughs> the Mulkies returned to form, and yeah. uh, they lost to Denny Brown and Chris Champion. Uh, right. Almost, I, I believe the tournament was almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but hey, they had that moment, man. Here we are again. Many more years still yep. talking about it, and I think they still do some down in Carolinas. From my understanding, they still do some appearances at some of the fan fest down through that area. I haven't met either one of them myself, but uh, everything I've known, like I said, I've known George, uh, uh, Bobby Eaton, uh, Cornette, or just name dropping if I go any further. But basically, everyone I've talked to has always told me what good guys they were. My brother, just the other day, uh, speaking of which, uh, he was he was listening to an interview, and it was uh, on uh, Twitter. And the guy basically was doing a voiceover for Bobby Eaton and one of the Malkies. And he said, he's telling me, he's like, Bob, if you'd have seen this bump, the fucking Malkies. Well, he, he's fucking. Excuse me, what the fuck moments. <laughs> My brother wouldn't say that. But he said, he was talking about describing the bump. And I said, you know what? I just was listening to something myself and I saw it. And the thing is, they would take these crazy ass bumps. And he took a bump straight through the ropes, landed flat on his back. And I don't know if it's Bill or Randy, but then Bobby jumps out and fucking suplexed him out on the concrete and get us here, <laughs> get us here to splat, man. So they're week after week on that hundred, that zero and 180 losses. They was out there taking these fucking phenomenal bumps for everyone too. And I know, you know, the midnight, you know, loved working with them. Uh, I'm sure Ricky and Robert loved work with them in singles and tags. And I've just heard all kinds of good things, especially when you got someone out there willing to take those crazy ass bumps for you and make you look that much better. That's awesome, you know. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing too is you got to have guys like this. I mean, uh, let's go to number seven, <laughs> shall we? Yes, we shall. Well, you know what? Before okay. we do that, real quick, okay. I do want to say, I do want to say that in 2019, the NWA and Ring of Honor will be bringing back the uh, Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup uh, oh, tag yeah. team tournament. Dave Lagana has actually said he would love to see the WWE get involved as well. 
Is that right? Yes. Uh, now, you know, the odds of them doing that are pretty slim, I would think, but wrestling's going to change here pretty soon, guys. We're, we're kind of at the end of the last era, and we're going to see new things coming about. And I'm pretty excited. I haven't been as excited as I am about pro wrestling. I haven't been this excited since I was like a teenager, probably. That's really cool, man. Yeah. Really cool. I, I like a lot of things that's going on right now. So. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and women's wrestling is at a point that we've never seen anything like this. You know, if you watch, like, uh, the Women of Honor matches at, R- <laughs> at ROH, if you watch Tessa Blanchard on any of the shows that she does, yeah. hell, even the WWE is past their bra and panties match phase and taking wrestling seriously in, in the women's division. There is great stuff. I'm hoping we get a return to form with tag team wrestling because I miss legit tag, or, you know, legit looking tag teams. Yeah. I hope we get that too. Yeah. Cause where's the Midnight Express and rock and roll and, you know, those guys, where, where are they in this era? Where's Who, the fucking Mulkies at? Yeah. We need more Mulkies. That's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> yeah. my God. No, uh, but you know, I watched that, uh, just by chance, a couple Sundays back, I watched that women on that Ring of Honor women. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, and I know the WWE have some phenomenal, and Tessa, everything I've heard and seen, man, just there's these girls are out there busting their ass day in and day out in the gym. They're getting after it in the ring, and it's just uh, there's a whole different world of pro wrestling out there. It's changing again, I think, and I think it's for the best. I always heard when I was in the business, you know, the, the wrestling business goes in cycles. It has its ups and downs and this and that, you know, just like anything, but I think we're coming on to a swing where the cycle is just on its way up that a lot of good, if you're a professional wrestling fan, I think a lot of good is happening or taking place right now. Yeah, there appears to be, what was I, I was listening to an older interview, and they were talking about a 20-year cycle in wrestling. Okay. And it didn't cover so much the good and bad, but it was like every 20 years, the sport reinvents itself in some way. You know, initially it was the NWA, and then it was the 20 years where Vern had the AWA was running super prominent. And then we just did, you know, 40 years where it was kind of like a, a giant cluster bomb of Vince acquiring power. And then we just did 20 years of Monopoly under Vince. Right. And now it looks like we're getting ready to go into something else where... I mean, who knows what it's going to be, but it's going to be exciting. I think so. I think you're correct. Well, with that said, let's move on to number seven. And number seven is the one, two, three kid beat Scott Hall on Monday Night Raw. Nobody nobody would believe it was coming if they knew about it ahead of time. Um, I'm not saying anything bad about Sean, but Jesus Christ, Scott Hall was like 19 feet tall, made of muscle. <laughs> and yeah. and Sean Waltman was, you know, he's a small guy. I mean, he moved quick. Yeah. I believe he's a Kempo black belt, if I'm not mistaken. Um, his moves were good. And, you know, like you've told me, he's a Malenko graduate, so the guy knows how to wrestle. Yep. But Scott Hall was just a muscle head, you know. He <laughs> yeah. just he could open hand slap you and send you to the fucking ground. Seeing Scott Hall in person, huge, huge when he was in his prime, guys. Mm-hmm. And then Sean, you know, he had been wrestling as the, he had been wrestling as a lightning kid, and that's when he was breaking in. I knew him, and and Sean's very talented, man. He just wasn't very big. I mean, you know, he's like a he's like a size of a damn kendo stick at that time, if you will. Yeah. Uh, he's just really, really thin, you know. And uh, I did know this. We I had a mutual friend, Sean and I. And they said, make sure, whatever you're doing, make sure you watch Raw this Monday and expect something good. And I I didn't know what was going to happen, you know. Um, I knew he was there because they brought him out, I guess, like Cannonball Kid, Kamikaze Kid. They didn't have anything that really was sticking because people did. They said, luckily, people didn't know who he was. Uh, he had worked out global. He had worked around. He had been around. Someone did tell me that was in my inner loop, said, man, Make sure, and they, they said, I don't even know, but just make sure. And I, I, I planned on watching it, and I did. And when that took place, man, I popped, because that's a friend of mine, you know. You know as well as I do, the Razor would just try, you know, or Scott Hall or whatever, probably just was in there just so big. He could have done whatever he wanted, take liberties with them, whatever. The writing was on the wall that, you know, it's one of those what-the-fuck-what-the-fuck moments, you know, because mm-hmm. this big guy just got rolled up for the one, two, three count. And here it is again. That's another thing, you know, 20-some-odd 20, 20 years ago, was it 90. 
uh, shit, was that 94 maybe? Um, um, 90, yeah, it might have been. 93 or 94, I don't even, I, fuck, I'm losing track on the year. But anyway, in the mid-90s, and we're still talking about it as a what-the-fuck moment because you're sitting there watching Raw, and I did not know to finish. I didn't know who he was, I didn't know who he was going to wrestle or anything like that. I was just told, and it wasn't by Sean, it was by a mutual friend. But I know I was really happy because I did watch it. They said, they said, watch Raw this Monday, and, and something good's going to happen for Sean. And that's all I knew. And when I watched it, and he come out there, I didn't know the finish or anything like that. I wasn't on the inside of that. I just I was into business, obviously. But I was sitting there watching it, man, and I, I wasn't on that night. We wasn't doing, we were not doing ETV uh, for Smoky Mountain or anything on that particular Monday. And I watched it, and I popped big time, man. I woofed like your dog back there, you know what I'm yep. saying? I was like, damn, you know, go Sean. On, you know, and then next thing you know, I guess the fans there, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, they started chanting when, when I guess when Hall looked at his hand or, or quote Razor Ramon, who he was wrestling, you know, looked at his hand went like one, two, three, like I just got beat or whatever. I don't know if that was I don't apparently that wasn't planned, but Hall being a performer and a fucking guy he is uh, smart to the business and, and and knows how to make money with someone. He probably said, you know, I could probably make some real money if this kid give give him a chance. Fuck, I'll put him over, you know. But I guess the camera he's up there and he's looking at his finger like one. One, two, three. I question it, and it's in character of Razor Ramon. One, two, three, and I guess from there it was like uh, he's the one, two, three kid. Vince was like one, two, three kid, pal. God damn it, we got something there, you know. So if Vince puts his stamp of approval on it, then he's not the Lightning Kid anymore. He's the one, two, three kid, you know. <laughs> I always always wondered with with uh, Sean Waltman if. His his rapid succession of name changes is part of what held him back because it's hard to brand a guy that you can't just stick one name with, right? Man, I don't know. I think the guy's done pretty damn good for himself. <laughs> oh no, no, no! no. I, I'm sure he has. Yeah. But look, we we had him on our list of uh, underappreciated wrestlers, right? right yeah. And I, I was just sitting here thinking because as I'm I'm thinking about it, you know, you're right. He was wrestling under a different name every week. Yeah, you know, he had something of a name under Lightning Kid, but then he became the one, two, three kid. But then after that, he became six and X Pac, right. and you know. Yeah, I guess maybe X Pac is stuck with them more than anything now. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know an exact answer to that to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, well, and the other thing I'll say about Sean Waltman, he has the only leg drop I've ever seen and thought it looked legitimate too. And it, you know what? I think it was. Uh, yeah. When I trained with him, he had a way of doing it. It, it just, it was awesome. It really was. And he also done the, um, if you watch, if you go back and watch any of his matches uh, early on, when he done the leg drop, he would do like a succession of like three of them really, really quick. He would drop one, get up, hit the ropes, drop one, get up, hit the ropes, drop one. It was really cool because kind of innovative the way he done it. And um, uh, it, it, it did look legit because it pretty much was legit. I mean, yeah. I'm saying he said on someone's face or hurt someone or anything but uh he just he he just knew how to he was a very talented when we were training i knew this kid had talent and um he's a, he's a couple years younger than me so i feel safe and still call him a kid or whatever uh by the way he gave us a plug uh not too long ago on twitter he he put on there the um go follow my friends bobby blaze's podcast at bell to bell blaze and also uh purchase one of his books uh pin me pay me or i kicked out on two so i thought that was pretty cool no, that was really to, cool. I did uh, see that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting lots, lots and lots of people out there, man. They know who Jeremy and Bobby are, or the professor and Bobby are, and we're we're really starting to make some treadway into getting some people recognizing, and we appreciate that. Goes back to, of course, all of our good fans that listen each and every week, and you know, hey, we're getting some things happening, man, and that that's really really cool. It's really cool because you know Ron Fuller retweets us every week, which again, right. I, I've always said the Fuller the Fuller Welch family is. Just just royalty when it comes to wrestling. And now we got, you know, Sean Waltman's done it, George South. Uh, well, it, you know, let's let's go ahead and talk about this real quick. Okay. Tex. <laughs> I Tex was going to you brought it up. Tex got Mick Foley to record a little bumper intro for us, and I, I peed a little bit when I saw the video. <laughs> It was it, it was really kind of cool, and it's one of those things like when Tex has gotten these videos for us before, like I show them to my wife, and then she'll be like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "Shut up, get away, never mind." <laughs> but when it's Mick Foley, she's like, "I love Mick Foley." And I'm like, "Yeah, everybody loves Mick Foley. That's why this is cool." Yeah. So I, I, uh, I do I do got to give like a serious like thanks to uh, Tex and Cactus Jack. That was fucking awesome. Yes. 
Yes, yeah. at Real Mick Foley there, and I said a little thank you uh, to Tex, of course, and then to to at Mick Foley. I started to put thank you, Mrs. Foley's little boy, but I didn't because you know he was doing the uh, you know he do love or mankind or whatever. But that was like that was legit, you know, like hey man, that's Mick Foley. That's just yeah. That was just that was just sweet, man. So so Cactus Tex, uh, we've had him as Buddy Jack, and this week he's Cactus Tex. But uh, thank you, Tex, again, and thank you, Mick Foley. We really appreciate that shout-out for the show. Let's move on to the next one, Jeremy, if that's okay. Get our number six out of the way, and I'm going to let you talk a little bit about this before I do. How's that? I had just recently come out of a five-year period where I hadn't been watching wrestling, and I just started watching WCW because Macho Man was there, and I'm a Macho yep. Man guy, you know? Right. And one day, me and my little brother are watching wrestling, and Scott Hall stands up in the audience and walks out out of the crowd in, you know, to ringside. And it was a real legit shit the bed, what the fuck moment, because this is kind of early days of internet or pre-internet for some people. There wasn't a rumor mill bustling all the time about who's going where, when, and how. And the rapid talent succession that would happen after this hadn't started yet. So guys leaving one to go to the other wasn't really a thing at this point. And the Scott Hall showing up here, and then what, just a couple weeks, so next week or a couple weeks later, Big Daddy Cool shows up. And you get Hall and Nash and WCW. Yeah. Was, was a game changer. Yeah. It, it really, this, this goes into, I mean, I don't know if you would say it was this or Medusa Michelli throwing away the ladies title, but the Monday Night Wars start right in this period. Right. And burn hot for a year or two without, without a problem. Yeah. Because of Scott and, or uh, Hall and Nash jumping to WCW. Yeah. And it was still shocking to have happen at the time. This was at the start of the real death of kayfabe, and they somehow made this look legit and real, and they they blended fantasy and reality more than had really been done before. It was kind of a new way to tell stories, and wrestling grew out of this period. I would say out of everything on our list, this one is like a hot WTF moment, but it's also just a game changer in five or six different ways. Yes, and that's that's one thing I was going to say is is I remember that happening, and the thing it, that we had talked about this 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 is for you, all you if you haven't tuned in if you're new to the podcast we take a whole select you know just tons of you know we might have 25 different that we have to drop down to get a top 10 and in this one here it was one of those ways this could this could have went anywhere but also eventually with this happening with the uh quote outsiders because the next member was hawk hogan turning heel and we didn't put that on the that that's a that's a wtf moment right there but we didn't put that on that list because it's one of those things we have to cipher through like this is what we think will be our top 10 list so again if you if you like it that's cool if you if you don't hit us up at the hashtag bbbb on bell to bell blaze on twitter or at bobby blaze 744 at twitter or the geek of cast and let us know that hey you know uh man that number six that Hall and Nash go to WCW and Hogan turns comes in and you know the whole outsiders thing we have to put these in here somewhere and that to me that was just kind of the start of those Monday Night Wars you know that's you know we've had different other things happening in the wrestling world but that that there was a WTF moment that really started uh, the Monday Night Wars you know all these little immigrant things that that took place during that few week period when you was watching it next thing you know man people are jumping ship like you said the internet was kind of like it was just it was some people had some people didn't i maybe dial up or what you know Mm -hmm. but the thing was if you was a wrestling fan of course i was on the road at this time uh quite a bit and you know i was hearing it from here and here and there rather and also i did watch it you know if i had chances to watch the product i sure as hell did because i was a student of, of professional wrestling and also a fan as you all know by now of wrestling but yes one of those moments you're sitting on that Monday night and they're like, what the, you know, put the, drop the F-bomb right there, you know, WTF moment for sure, man, when Hall and Nash go to WCW. And then again, anyone out there, you can, you can take it from there as to what that impact meant to you when, when Hall comes out of the audience down to the, to the, uh, uh, ring, ringside and then Nash showing up eventually and then Hogan turning eventually and then just the start of the whole Monday Night War things. So 
that's that's a that's a good place right there for that one. Kind of in the middle, but it's it's right where it needs to be because it could go up or down. It could branch out with so many different things that changed uh, the way you watch professional wrestling because that made people become a lot of. Um, whether you liked WCW or you liked, uh, you know, the, the, the WWF, then you started flipping channels. You like uh-huh. use picking your matches. Which match do I want to see? And then you got that Monday Night War, man. And so that's that's just a good spot right there for that. Uh, with that said, Jeremy, you have anything else to add to that? Well, I, I do in that, you know, obviously as this list goes, I'm not going to spoil anything. Hulk Hogan going heel is not on this list. Right. And that is because honestly, we could do the top 10 implications of Hulk Hogan or repercussions of Hulk Hogan going heel. Hulk Hogan going heel is such a big thing that it's beyond a what the fuck moment. It is something that will be tackled. I'm sure in the future in some other, some other way because it is big, but without Scott and Hall jumping or Scott Hall and Kevin Nash jumping ship, there is no Hulk Hogan going heel. And honestly, without them coming from the WWF to WCW, this could have easily, uh, Hogan's move to WCW could have been the end of his career. Yeah. Because he was not going anywhere. And I've had Kevin Sullivan, as I mentioned, I speak to him. I haven't spoke to him since uh, last May, I, I believe. But he, he came to my house before, and he sat out here. I was doing like a little seminar type thing, and he's kind enough to take some time out of his day. And he kind of talked about his whole booking procedure, how how hard it was to convince Hawk to turn heel, you know. And so, you know, it's just one of those things when you get that inside backstory. Um, and I'm sure there's something out there you can find on YouTube where he's telling that. I know I've seen several shoots that I've sit there with a couple of my buddies going, that's the same thing he was saying out there in the backyard that day, you know, just sitting around BSing mm-hmm. around, but, but talking business about how hard it was to convince Hawk, you know, listen, this is the way this could go, you know. So again, let's not, uh, get too far off track with that because you could have your own top 10, like you said, just there. Uh, how about I get us a quick rundown from 10? through six if you don't care before we move on to number five and you get us a plug in there. Was that good? Sounds good. All right. Number 10 of WTF moments right now. Eddie Gilbert running down Jerry to King Lawler in his car in the parking lot of the TVO studios. Number nine was the Montreal screw job between, yeah, easy for me to say, between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Number eight was Malky Mania is running wild, man, the Malky brothers. Number seven, we just spoke about the one, two, three kid beating Scott Hall. And then Scott Hall comes again, and it's not going to be a surprise in (laughs) what's coming up. But anyway, number six was Hall and Nash go to WCW. And tell Jeremy, tell us, please, how other people can help our support our podcast if you don't care. I, oh, need yeah. a, I need a drink, and I'm drinking Dr. Pepper this week. So if you're out there, Dr. Pepper, I usually drink ginger ale. Uh, you want to be a sponsor? Uh, yeah. Canadian Dry, Coke Classic, uh, uh, Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah, all, all we're asking to sponsor a whole episode <laughs> yeah, is $35 sponsor. an episode. So uh, yeah, Dr. Pepper, call me. Yeah. yeah. $35 an episode, guys. Not bad. If there's someone out there looking for some advertising, we'll get it on air. We've got lots and lots. I'll just say, we don't have many, many fries, (laughs) but we've got lots and lots of followers. And I've got a lot of people on Twitter. We've got a lot of people on the YouTube. We've got a lot of people on the, just the whole social media. Man, I'm I'm, I'm not just going to bury myself uh, trying to advertise this thing, but fuck, send us $35 and sponsor the show, Dr. Pepper. You can afford it. <laughs> you wouldn't even a, miss it. You, 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 I'm gonna have a drink of this Dr. Pepper with mm. no alcohol. Maybe that's why I am uh, stuttering across my words. Jeremy, give us a couple other ways they can help support. Absolutely. The show. Well, the easiest way to help support the show and help support, you know, Bobby's burgeoning writing career is to buy his books. And the easiest way to buy his books is to go to Amazon through our links and get them. See, the first one you can get is a book called "Pin Me, Pay Me: Have Boots Will Travel." which is available at tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. Or you can get his other book, I Kicked Out on Two, The Education of a Wrestler, by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook2. Those uh, links, those are just link shorteners. They'll take you right to the affiliate account for Bell the Bell with Bobby Blaze. And you can pick up two great books with some of Bobby's Road stories and, and well, and just like his growing up as a wrestling fan and becoming a wrestler and some of the trials and tribulations of his life, like spitting on Roddy Piper, almost <laughs> falling down in a bathroom with Macho Man Randy Savage, 
uh, rediscovering his love for pro wrestling after moving away from the East Coast to the South. Uh, there's a lot of good shit in there. A lot of good stuff. You should definitely check them out if you haven't so far. And Bobby, anything else to add about your books? Another good reason to buy them? Oh, fuck. Just help support the show, man. I, and, I, and I'll say this, in all modesty, I've got a lot of good reviews. I think I think one of them has pinned me, paid me as over 102 reviews, and it averages out on like a 4.7. And uh, none of those are paid reviews. Those are honest, you know, either wrestling fans or uh, I don't know, 98% of the people that sent those reviews in. Uh, so you can go on there online and read the reviews, and it's, it's all right there in black and white. And that's just a, you know, wrestling fans sometimes it's just like uh, they'll say you'll like this book even if you're not an old style or an old school wrestling fan, or if you are an old school wrestling fan, you'll love this book. But uh, there's a lot of reviews on it that say um, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this book. So that makes me feel real good too because there's a lot, lot in just buy the damn book. God damn it, let's move on to number five. How's All that? All right, that works. <laughs> Number five. Hey, you know what? Real quick here. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I dropped in on the end of the uh, Robin Slim show you were on this week, and I felt like I was going to have to start stage-momming you a little bit, because those guys cut you short, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Nobody talks to my broadcast partner like that. I, I, if I run into those guys, I'll fucking slap them both in the head. I'll give them the old what for. I'm telling you right now, by God. I appreciate that. And they was yeah. trying to get me off there. But I'll tell you what, my 30 minutes went so quick, and I was just trying oh, to. Yeah. I did plug us, you know. I plugged you. I plugged uh, the the, uh, the podcast. That's what they're going to have me on there for. We started off talking about a bunch of other stuff, and it just kind of got out of hand. But, yeah, they started trying to sweep me under the rug there at the end. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have your back up, man. You can, you can, uh, it's good to have, good to know your podcasting partner has your back so that's <laughs> right you. by thank god you. yeah all right let's get on to number five because i'm looking at the clock and realize we're, we're about to do it again um, yeah <laughs> yeah well, that's just us all of our listeners and fans should be used to that by now right. all right so number five we're going to go to something here that is controversial and controversial in more ways than one let's go to the wwf curtain call so back in 96 uh, you had um after the main event and this is the thing i guess gets me more than anything it happened at madison square garden you know one of the most over and most sacred sports arenas in the world and you had Shawn michaels uh Scott Hall, uh, Kevin Nash, and, and, and Triple H, they all, they shared a group hug in the ring at, after the main event. And the thing about it was, Michaels and Hall were the faces, and Nash and, and Triple H at the time, hell, he was working as Houndsley still, were heels. And all of them just happened to be friends, and they go out there, and it was just a, I'm gonna just read this, mm-hmm. most, most blatant, breach of kayfabe in wwe history and that that to me that was just one of those things like not only i don't even know if it's so much the breaking of kayfabe that these heels and faces got in the middle of the ring and hugged it out as friends because a couple of them was going to be as we just now discussed going to the wcw eventually uh, or in that very short time period but also it's just the fact they fucking broke kayfabe in one in of the world in one of the most prestigious arenas in the world madison square garden but also that was like the wwf or wwe's home game you know that's their yeah. arena that's what you know at that time they sold that thing out so many times through the years and it was just you know so they basically it wasn't just a wrestling it was wwf yeah wwe whatever it was a thing for wrestling that just kind of all those people fucking watching and if you were a believer you're like really um all right if you're adam's son close your ears but you're like uh really there's no santa claus dad you know oh, oh you know? okay so, everybody yeah. the official position of bell to bell with bobby blaze <laughs> is that there is a santa claus i don't know why bobby says these things so yeah um, uh Ho, 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 and away we go. Uh, man, they just broke total kayfabe there right there at Madison Square Garden. And uh, I'm still not sure how I feel about that because I think inevitably, you know, things, all kinds of things have happened to that that reason kayfabe's broken with the Internet and just, you know, sheets and, and what have you. You can blame it on any number of things. But this here is one of those things that's just really, really like, oh, my goodness, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. And that's the, um, 
you know, well, they've also I, vibed it, and the wrestling fans has vibed it, so... Oh, yeah. Well, we've got willing suspension disbelief. And look, before kayfabe was out and out in the open, before any of us fans knew that that was even a term, most of us still suspected that a match here and there was bullshit. And yeah. I've talked to a couple you know, younger guys coming up, and like they say, my job isn't to convince you that wrestling is real. My job is to convince you that I'm real. Yeah. And you know what? That's I think that is a proper position for a young wrestler to take, is you get out there and you make me believe in you. Right. And you've done your job. Uh, yeah. I was listening to one of Lance Storms, uh, you know, fuck, one of probably mo- one of the most underrated guys in wrestling history. I was listening to him the other night, and he was going, you know, back before kayfabe was broken. People had asked me, "Is wrestling bullshit?" And I just say, every time I lose, it's fixed. I got paid extra to lose. Every time I win, that's <laughs> the real deal. So uh, you know, there's there's ways to do it, guys. There's ways to make us believe, and I, I trust that you will find a way to do it. This curtain call, the Montreal screw job. And Vince McMahon going in front of the tax board to say that they were a television company and not a sporting event are the three things I say broke kayfabe permanently. Mm, good point. Uh, those, those are the three I look at and go, that did it. Because after the Montreal screw job, we have guys on wrestling programs telling us that they had a bullshit ending ready to go and they didn't follow it through. Just out and out saying it on TV to wrestling fans. Yeah. This one, this was a little more egregious because fucking Hunter took it straight in the, straight on the chin for this one. Yeah. And Hall and Nash left. So there wasn't anything you can do to them. Shawn Michaels was still the golden boy, the fair haired child. Nothing you can do to him. So they fucking, you know, they took it out of Hunter's ass, which is funny now since he's yeah, one of the guys exactly. that inherit the company. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then Vince McMahon trying to save money on taxes went in front of a court and a jury and said wrestling's bullshit. We shouldn't yeah. have to pay, uh, com- you know, a sports commission fees on anything because we're not a sport. Right. Yet the the one thing they try to get over all the time is calling themselves sports entertainment. What yeah. they should just call themselves is uh, actor, athletic actors, or something. Remove all pretense. Fuck it. Why, why let us? Why let us believe in you at all? At this hey point, man, guys? Jeremy, calm down, yeah. calm down. Listen, oh. you're gonna work yourself into a fucking heart attack again. Oh, Listen geez. to me. Oh, okay. I, okay. I do know one thing. It is real. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fucking Fritz, he collapsed, man. In '87, Fritz von Erich collapsed, and that's our number four moment. And that's what's going to happen to you. You're going to fucking collapse. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, well, uh, there's no short ice of breath King, here. Iceman King Parsons isn't around, man. Uh, your boys aren't around. I'm just telling you to help you out from the back here, Fritz. But you uh, know, yeah, you're yeah. getting a little bit worked up over this whole WWF situation, WWE situation with the current call, and uh, you know, this is a I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here to pull me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here to pull me back to reality. Yeah, God, this might be this might be the most tasteless thing on our whole fucking list, too, Bobby. Um, Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. So this is after a lot of tragedy had already began to befall the the Von Erich family, and we got to be careful here because Kevin Von Erich has actually been very kind to us as a show. Yeah, and Kevin will say that they never claimed that Fritz had a heart attack. And Kevin, you know, utmost respect. I, I I love everything your family has done for the wrestling. I gotta call bullshit here because I've had a heart attack. Yeah, I know what you act like during a heart attack. I know what a heart attack looks like. Fritz was having a heart attack, um, and it's just tasteless after that much tragedy had befallen them. Look, I get it. The guy's a showman. He's trying to you know entertain and drive up the passion. And, and I can tell you, if, as somebody who had a heart attack back at the end of last year, our ratings have not suffered because of it. <laughs> if anything, they've went up. They've they've uh, they've tripled actually since my heart attack. So, uh, you know, maybe Fritz is on to something here, Bobby. Okay. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I'm just going to leave it that I was just trying to pull you back from having a heart attack right here, man. And I know you got to edit the show and stuff, so. Uh, you know, I'll just want to, again, I go back to, I believe everything. I believe this. You know what? Believe nothing you hear and only half of what you see. So I don't know what I saw. You know, yeah. I'll say this. It's probably, if you're working that angle, it's probably pretty fucking tasteless. But, hey, um, I may have done worse. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say, really. <laughs> so, but, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I'm really going to say about it, man. Um yeah. Well, I believe I believe most WCCW fans will point to this as like the kind of like the down the the middle of the really downside of WCCW as right. a company. Who who was still around? Kevin and Kerry at this point. I think right? so. Yes. 
you know, it just, it'd be hard, look, it'd be hard to be the dad, it'd be hard to be the brothers, I mean, it'd be hard to be his sons, and, you know, you know that you're losing the company, or at least you're right. losing watchers, and it's hard to watch shit slip away, I understand that, you know, you gotta get out there and do what you feel like you gotta do, but there are things that, even us as fans, like, it's just too much, and I think one of the problems that happened that befell WCCW is the constant bad news became yeah. too much to handle. Yeah, you know, I think you're just, right. Yeah, it that, just became too much. We, we need to go into that sometime, because that was just tragedy after tragedy there in WCCW, at that, just just the whole thing, man. Yeah. So, anyway, you, you calm down so we can go to number yeah. three? Okay. I, um, I took my nitro. I'm feeling a little bit <laughs> little bit more zen now. Okay. You know, okay. it's it's yeah. not like somebody disrespected the NWA title or something here. I don't need to get uh, that worked up, right? Yeah, that's number three, man. We're going to bring this up right now. And I'm going to have to be really careful because I have nothing but respect for this guy. That's Shane Douglas. But he threw the coveted NWA heavyweight title uh, back in around 84 or so. He threw it into the trash, but he rattled off names like, you know, Thez, Briscoe, Funk, Flair, and others, and he just basically said, you all kiss my ass, and he tossed it into the trash, into garbage, called it a piece of trash, uh, but he says, and this is in quotes, I'm not the man who accepts the torch to be handed down to me from an organization that died, RIP, seven years ago. So those are his words, not mine. Um, and, you know, and around that time, I was in Smoky Mountain, and Shane and I ran into each other, and we actually got to meet each other probably about five or six years ago. We finally got to talk to each other in person as we're doing some of these uh, fan fest and those type things. And he actually had a – he was on a show locally, and I took a couple guys. I was training to it, and and – Long story short, we finally got to meet in person, and since then I've seen him several times. And, and I have to say, I was always a Shane Douglas fan. I mentioned that before. I saw him against uh, Young when he was young against uh, Barry Horowitz. I saw him against uh, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. I saw him against Ric Flair uh, before you know he went on to do other things with his career. But yeah, that that was just a fucking jaw dropping what the fuck moment when you sit there knowing the prestige, especially you and I now that we're talking about that we put on that NWA title. But at that time in 94, you know, he just took that and rattled off those great, great champions from the past. And just took that thing. It was like, you know, Hey, he, he just tossed it down. Like it was a piece of trash or a piece of garbage. And, that's that, man. That that just left me like, and I remember guys in Smoky Mountain, guys that have been uh, uh, Ricky and Robert, especially. I'm trying to think uh, who else uh, had something to say, but a couple of them was really like, you know, like what the fuck, you know, that title mm-hmm. means something. Uh, those two come to mind because they came right out of, you know, they was had just finished up in W or in, in the NWA or whatever at that time or around that time. Uh, give or take a few years, you know, history here. But my point is they had worked for that company for so many years uh, prior to that happening. And I think a couple of the guys locker room at work, there was like, oh, man, that, that title really does mean something, you know. Um, I don't think they were, like, pissed or whatever. Works work, you know. But yeah. uh, but I think they were a little bit disheartened. And um, I know I was, you know, as one of those things like, oh, really, man? You know, well, so it was, an F, it was a WTF moment for me. I think you tell me because you know this is your your career path. It's almost a symbolic defeat for everybody but the WWE when Shane Douglas throws away the NWA title after winning it. Yeah, it's almost like a ah, fuck them. You know, it, you know, it's like one of those things. Is just as a fan watching it, and as a fan watching it when you hadn't heard the name NWA in a couple of years. Yeah, you look at that and you're just kind of like shit. There's really, like, nobody left, you know? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the way some of the boys took it, too. Like, well, you know, that that title at one time was very, very prestigious and it just, like, just tossed it away. Like, what's next, really? It, it was a WTF moment. That's, that's yeah. the only thing I can say is, is, is I recall being in a locker room talking to a couple guys that had actually worked for the NWA that actually, when they worked for Crockett and stuff, had – you know, where they had wrestlers of the years that worked there, tag teams of the years that worked there and things. Um, and, and I'm seeing these guys, you know, nightly, and they're like, man, they just, again, I can't speak for them, but I just remember they, it was pretty legitimately like, you know, man, that 
pretty disrespectful is, I guess, the best word uh, at that time that people were using, you know. So um, that's really all I've, I can recall or say about it at that moment, you know, that of other guys talking about that actually had worked in the NWA. They really was – they were a little bit let down by it, I will say that. So Yeah. No, I, I, mean, I, I mean, even as a fan watching it, was, I go back and watch the video, like, retrospectively now, and it's still a little bit of a kick on the ball. Yeah. And you can only imagine – if you were the guy from the NWA who would put it together for Shane Douglas to win, for him to turn around and throw it in the garbage can, I can only imagine all the fucking daggers stared at that guy. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Or the guy who promoted the show, you know, just what the fuck did you get us into? Here? Yeah. So. You know, but yeah, I mean, at this point in the NWA, like almost every every member territory had quit and declared their own world champion years before this, actually, in many yeah, cases. Right. And this was just kind of like the last holdout of a major, you know, it was, it was a Northeast area territory that all of a sudden dropped out right there and declared their own world champion. Yeah. You know, and look, the ECW would go on for a hot minute or two to be, to really be something. And, uh, controversy, would be uh, a crown it would wear upon its head for a couple of years after that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, with that, we can go right to the next thing on our list, number two. Yeah. Raven, the Blue Meanie, and Stevie Richards crucify the Sandman. Yeah, I, I just recall that happening. I saw it on the list there. Uh, I thought it was uh, one of those things where I was like, you know, Jeremy's going to have to handle this one because I was so busy during that time uh, period of my own career, but I, but I knew that, you know, this had taken place. It's just one of those things like, you know, WTF, what, you know, you, they wrapped him in barbed wire, they, they hung it around his neck, and they basically crucified him and carried him out of the building. It's one of those things I'm sure, uh, well, I'm not so sure because I wasn't there, but the ECW crowd, uh, they probably fucking loved it, and the fans are like, what, and also, what the fuck just happened? What did I, you know, my scratch my head moment, what did I just now see, or whatever, I I just don't have a whole lot to comment on this because I wasn't a part of it. And, and I, I remember it happening. Uh, I know it happened around not in late 96 or so, but other than that, I just, I, I know there was a storyline involving Sam and son and there was a match with him and Raven. I knew blue meanie and, and, and Stevie Richard were involved, but it's like one of them things where like, I, I'm just going to let you add anything you want to that one to get to number well, one. Cause I, I, I've just, I don't know enough about that uh, angle, you know. I did not go back and watch it because I didn't want my impressions of it changed right before we talked about cool, it. Cool, cool. I, I remember, so we were sitting at a, uh, a restaurant and beer pub. Me and my little brother, a handful of friends, were sitting at a table and ECW was on TV. Okay. And we looked up just in time to see Sandman getting tied to a cross. <laughs> and if I remember right, the ECW crowd was dead quiet. Okay. While this was happening. And as they carried him out, it, this I'm just going off my memories here because my memories of this moment were actually pretty clear in my head. Now, I may be remembering it wrong because memory is a tricky thing, um, but I remember the ECW crowd pretty much being dead silent. I also remember this was the night they were going to announce Kurt Angle joining ECW. And after that stunt, he basically said, don't you even mention oh, my fucking name. I've, don't I've you heard that. Yeah, don't show me on your TV. Don't mention my name. And, you know, it's it's hard to remember, but this amount of sacrilege on TV was not a normal thing. Yeah. You know? And it's, I mean, maybe these days you'd do that on TV and nobody would even blink. But in the mid-90s, this yeah. is enough to stun even the ECW crowd. I, look, I'm, I'm an atheist. I've been an atheist most of my whole life. I was shocked that this was on TV. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, holy shit, you know? And I'm looking around this bar full of people who probably aren't there to watch wrestling, and everybody's just, like, sitting there with their mouth open. And so I'm just like, oh, God, you know? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That, no, for me, yeah. that was a big oh, one. You know, the one thing I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, no, I do recall Angle going, yeah, hey, I'm out of here, you know, kind of thing. I remember yeah. hearing things about that now that you, re, you know, fresh my memory. But, see, I, I didn't have that experience. But, see, you're sitting there, and at that, what a wonderful story to share with us as to see. I wasn't even sure how the W or ECW crowd reacted. I figured they fought. So they're even sitting there like, what the fuck did we just now see? So that's that's amazing right there because they was into every fucking thing, every yeah. fucking angle, holy shit, and all that. 
And yeah. so you're saying well, that's they what was I mean. Fucking... I, if I remember right, Bobby, and you know, and if I'm wrong, uh, no, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, if I'm wrong, I'll eat a big bag of dicks or whatever. Uh, I, don't, whatever. I don't care. No. But I didn't. I didn't want my impression to change because, as I remember it, right, it was damn near a dead silent room in, right. in the room I was in, which was in public, and on the show. Yeah. And, and you know, EC, yeah, the ECW crowd would cheer if you dropped a chair on the floor. Yeah. You know, so. That's, yeah. That's the so, WTF moment for sure, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, no, that's a big one. And look, that, that Sandman, that Raven feud, that whole thing was full of what the fuck moments. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, all the constant backstabbings and betrayals and, you know, Beulah McGillicuddy's and, you know, the whole, right. yeah, the whole back and forth was just kind of crazy. But yeah. To me, the other thing that makes it stand out in my memory is all the third-party mentions of Kurt Angle. That was going to be the show they announced him on. And he was like, don't even mention my fucking name. <laughs> you don't even tell anybody I was here. Yeah. That's that's big stuff right there. Uh, yeah, ECW, uh, sacrilegious in, in towards the NWA and Jesus. So yeah. there you have it, yeah. There you go, damn. <laughs> Yeah. Stepping on souls, man. Shit. Let's yep. go to number one. I'm going to let you announce it. How's that? That was great on that. Number two, I really appreciate the thing you had, but I'm going to ask you to just go ahead and announce number one because well, I'm kind of, yeah. Number one, Eric Bischoff gets hired by Vince McMahon on WWE television. What the fuck? I well, Yeah, what the fuck? I remember watching it, and I'm, I'm sitting there turning the channel, uh, to, to watch, you know, Raw or what have you, and or whatever fucking show it was. I And I saw Eric Bischoff working for the World Wrestling Entertainment, you know, and, uh, like coming on as a, the general manager of Raw. I was just like, you're saying that's number one, right? I mean, I was, I was surprised. I was startled. I'll say that. I thought, you fucking cocksucker. What the fuck? You talk about a work, man. And I just, so, so you're saying that's number one? I have that as number one because here is the guy who said his mission in life was to drive a stake through Vince McMahon's heart. He didn't want to just beat him. He wanted to break him. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, that is a guy you do not hire under any circumstance. Yeah. You're going to be looking for a job, and you're saying that? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just going to do this, Jeremy. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at the clock here, and um, I've enjoyed this list thoroughly, but, man, fuck it. I'm going to do this. I'm throwing in a free bird rule, okay? Oh, what? Yes. Sunday, bloody Sunday, by God. Bobby Blaze upsets Jerry the fucking King Lawler to win the Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Championship. Friday, or, or shit, uh, Sunday, bloody Sunday, February 26, 1995. Bobby Blaze beat Jerry Lawler to propel himself to be the number 109th best wrestler in the world on PWI's Top 500. Not only that, Bobby Blaze beat Brian Logan. He beat Jerry the King Lawler to become Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Champion. And he beat Buddy Landell to retain the title. Three men in one night. I'm fucking out of here. There's the Freebird rule. That's number one. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Bobby Blaze upsets Jerry the King Lawler to become SMW Heavyweight Champion. Uh, that's kind of a what the fuck moment because normally we clear these Freebird rules with each other. So uh, you know, I think we're just gonna go ahead and wrap. Freebird rule kicks in. Uh, Bobby Blaze, Bobby Blaze beating Jerry Lawler for the SMW title goes down as the most what the fuck moment because I didn't see it coming on this show either. And uh, with that said, Bobby, thank you for joining us again this week. Fans at home, we'll see you back next week. It's been our pleasure to have you, but it's been your pleasure to listen to Bell the Bell with Bobby Blaze. Bye bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. You can follow the show on Twitter at Bell to Bell Blaze. You can also follow Bobby on Twitter at BobbyBlaze744 and Jeremy on Twitter at The Geekish Cast. To purchase one of Bobby's books, you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 to purchase Pin Me, Pay Me at Boots Will Travel. And you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook2 to get I Kicked Out on 2, The Education of a Wrestler. To donate to the show's podcast hosting fees, you can visit gofundme.com slash bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. Be sure to include a hyphen in every word in bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. 
If you follow and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. Be sure to share the show with any wrestling fan you may know and get on the Facebook page where you can keep up with Bell to Bell fans just like you. Again, thanks for listening to the program and look for the show again next time.